0: Now let's begin. Hello, everyone. On today's episode, you're going to hear me chat with Robin Baldwin. She is the creator of the Alpha Female podcast. She's also an author, blogger, healthcare advocate, and essential oil educator. I had the honor of being interviewed by Robin on what it means to be an alpha female, work life harmony balancing masculine and feminine energy, and how we're both releasing the word woo from our vocabulary. And in this episode, we both share parts of our own healing journeys with autoimmune disease. I think being a type A personality has made me an alpha female, someone who is strong, highly motivated, and confident, but who also tends to fall into this perfectionist trap. This is something I've been working on releasing for years. And the more I try to force things into perfect boxes, the more chaos I experience. So I've been slowly letting my boxes evolve into their own unique shapes and releasing the need to control every damn thing in my life. And I'll tell you, it's liberating as fuck. So I highly recommend letting your hair down, whipping it back and forth, letting your freak flag fly a little bit, as you listen to this episode today, and in your own life. So let's dive into this episode.
1: I'm so excited to get you on. The minute I found you on Instagram, I knew you were an alpha female. So when I sent you over the definition, what did you, what did you think of it, and how do you see yourself as one?
0: Wonderful. Yeah, so I saw a few words in your definition, which was beautifully written, that really stuck out to me. And the first one that really stuck out was just this this embodiment of confidence. And I think there are so many things in our world, our universe, our society, that are telling us not to be confident or wearing down on our confidence. And I think as an alpha female, like I try to embody this confidence to empower other women to see that it's okay to shine your light. It's okay to be freaking awesome. Uh, and you don't have to play small, uh, because of, you know, maybe what you, what you see or of, um, what other people are telling you. So I love that you have this confidence inside this alpha female definition. Another word that stuck out to me is authentic and like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm all about authenticity and being real and uncensored and just raw. And I think that, as an alpha, alpha female and in my community and, and what I do with my business autoimmune tribe is to try to be really freaking authentic, to show up and have conversations. Like we're having them, you know, best friends sitting on a bed together versus, um, you know, some of the the dry, more vanilla stuff. So I love authenticity. And then the other thing that just really stuck out to me in, in your definition of an alpha female is staying true to your mission. And I think that when I I have found my soul's purpose and I think when you find your soul's purpose, sticking to that purpose, like without a doubt, nothing is going to stop you. Nothing is going to stand in your way is just really empowering and powerful. Uh, And that's something I really relate to is like, there's nothing stopping me now as far as my mission and what I want to do in this world.
1: So there's a nugget I want to dig into. Um, When you say like, You love confidence, you love authenticity. Do you think the more like raw and real and every time you kind of try that on for size, that develops your confidence or what does confidence look like for you? Uh,
0: Such a good question. Yeah, it's something I developed over time in trial and error and experiments, I think. Uh, because I don't, I don't think I was ever ever like a, a naturally confident little girl. Like I had these big buck teeth that stuck out of my mouth. And then I had my jaw wired shut for two months when I was 16 years old and I was trying to talk like this. <laughs> and, um, So I do think that um, showing up and being authentic time after time after time does help in your confidence. And I I can remember just two short years ago, starting my being scared as hell, but starting my autoimmune tribe Instagram account and being like, Oh my God, what is everyone? What is the world going to think about this? Like I'm going to approach healing chronic illness from a totally different perspective. What's the feedback going to be? And I just kept showing up and being real and being raw. And the people who resonate with me found me. And now I get these amazing testimonials and people, reach out and I get DMS on Instagram all the time. And that has helped me build my confidence, but it definitely took like that first step. And I-, I do think you can practice practice confidence for sure.
1: Yeah. It's all those little, it's those little steps. And every time you get a great response, a great DM, and you see that it is actually creating beautiful connection with people, then you're like, Oh, I got this. Um, I think people are scared because when you, when you're real and raw and vulnerable, you're scared of what people are actually going to think. But every time you get the great responses, like I was blessed of not having a ton of haters when I first started my online uh, personal brand. And so I just developed a ton of confidence. If I had been hit with haters from the start, I think it would have been different in terms of building that kind of like confidence level. Yes,
0: I totally agree. I think like the energy you put out into the world too, like you, maybe you started that, that brand in a way that was like, you weren't attracting the haters and the trolls. Right. Um, I find that when my energy and like my self confidence starts to lower, then I have, I attract people into my life that are also going to question me and question my credentials and my expertise. But if I show up and I'm like, no, this is my truth. This is my authenticity. This is what I believe in my opinion, even if it's polar and not agreeable for everybody like that that's attractive to the the people who are going to connect with you. And, um, yeah, shout out to all the people who take the time to send each of us DMS or personal messages or emails, because that it means the world. That's, I don't think it's the, the only thing that like the pillar of self-confidence, right. But It definitely uh, feels really good to know that you're making a difference.
1: Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And oh, like the fact that you said energy, like when you have a certain energy and you put something into the world, you usually attract exactly what you're putting out. I remember when I was, um, when I was diagnosed with MS, I had a mixture of like, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to heal my body. And so I would attract that type of energy back with people saying like, you've got this, you're the strongest person I know if anything, you know, you'll figure this out to the people like, I know this has got to be hard. How can I help you? How can I like, do you need help grocery shopping? Like that was the responses I need. But in the back of my head, I was terrified of what my future would look like. And so I would get that back from 50% of my audience. Like, oh my gosh, like that's, I'm so sorry. It's the most horrible thing that's ever happened. So now I know exactly how to show up when I tell people. And if I'm projecting happiness, positivity, they, they match me. So that's, that's pretty interesting that you, um, when you brought that up.
0: Yeah, it's so true. It really, the energy you put out into the world is what you attract back. And I think with illness, you know, both being women with autoimmune disease, chronic illness, you don't always want the like, Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Pity party, right? Like, Sometimes it feels good to be cared for and comforted for by like my family, my friends, my partner, but from like the general public I don't want to be pitied. And and so, you know, it's it's just it's part of my life, but it doesn't define me. Uh, and it sounds like you have the same perspective too, where it's like, yes, I have this diagnosis, but it's not going to define who I am or how I show up in the world.
1: Yeah. When I tell people now, I always, pr- uh, pr- I always say first, I'm going to tell you something and I don't want the words I'm sorry to come out of your mouth first. <laughs> it's just, please, please. Right. <laughs> So I just know exactly what I want when I, when I tell people, but I was, sh- I was shocked that that was my reaction. Like I was so angry when I got that. Cause I just assumed it was pity and, um, people are like, no, people are just being polite. And I'm like, but I don't want polite. Like I I don't, that that's not like polite doesn't interest me in this world. Um, so yeah, there's a difference between nice and polite and polite is like, just uh usually people respond based on societal norms or how
0: they don't know what else to say and they probably have no idea what having ms as an example for you like what does that look like what does that feel like in your body and so for me i'd rather someone maybe just out to anyone listening if you know someone with chronic illness like i would rather have someone ask me about like You know, what is it like to have celiac disease or fibromyalgia or vitiligo, some of the things I struggle with, then like, I'm sorry, right? Like, just open up the conversation. Let it be real, raw, authentic. Um,
1: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So let's get into, you have a, you have a mission in life. You've, um, kind of sort of started to allude to it. So tell us what are you most passionate about?
0: I am obsessed and insanely passionate about my brand autoimmune tribe and more specifically healing chronic illness on an energetic and emotional level. I still believe in physical healing and functional medicine and all the amazing things that our medical system has created. But I am super passionate about kind of marrying the physical that you hear from your doctor's office or your different practitioners you may see with the energetic and emotional and even spiritual side of healing. So starting to incorporate all these additional tools into your healing toolbox as women with maybe chronic illness, maybe autoimmune disease, maybe you just have chronic stress, right? And not just looking at the physical symptoms, but also what past experiences, traumas, just even it could be the smallest thing that you might still be carrying with you, starting to see how that actually ties into your symptoms that again, may be physical, maybe emotional, uh, and starting to heal on a, a deeper, more holistic level in your entire energy body. Uh, I could talk about, energetic healing, emotional healing for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. But that is really what lights me up in this world.
1: Mm, I love it. So, um, have you always been in business for yourself or has it been an obvious kind of evolution from your diagnosis and healing journey?
0: Yeah. So I, my chronic illness really as an adult, when I finally looked back and reflected, it began in seventh grade uh, when I was diagnosed with stomach migraines and had this, you know, lots of of details that there's not enough time to go into today to to where I am today. But my first autoimmune diagnosis was in my early twenties. And that was when I was in graduate school and I was pursuing this career, a master's degree in international public service. And trying to figure out where I fit into the world. And then all this stuff just happened, all these different, you know, health issues and complications. And I, I decided to stick with the job I was in, uh, in food and agriculture research, sustainable agriculture, uh, up until my, my brother passed away and he, he committed suicide about, Oh, well almost three years ago now, and that was really the moment where I said, okay, like I had done this health coaching certification. I had learned so much about healing myself because of my diagnosis that I something cracked open inside of me at that point that said, this is not just my journey to keep to myself. I want to share the experience I've been through I want to share all these tools that I've been gathering and gleaning and using to help heal myself. Uh, and so at that point, I left my full-time job at that nonprofit organization and decided that I was going to create the life of my dreams and create freedom and abundance and really start to align with my soul's purpose instead of working my ass off for very little money and you know not feeling appreciated. And so, yeah, losing, losing Jordan, my brother, was one of those moments that just like everything in your life comes to the forefront and you, you start to ask yourself, what is important? What is not, what can I shed away and what can I make more room for? And part of what I more made more room for was being an entrepreneur and starting my own business. And then also just loving and taking care of myself.
1: Now, what part of your journey, um, cause I'm assuming you started from a functional standpoint, like how can I, nourish my body differently, you know, am I getting the right amount of sleep, like all the physical things, what introduced you to the energetic part of your healing?
0: Yeah, so I definitely started on the physical side. And I did the autoimmune paleo protocol diet. And I just I felt like I hit this plateau. So that was part of it was, okay, I'm, I'm hardly eating anything. And I'm eating all the quote, right things that the internet tells me to, to eat. Um, but I, I just, something still felt off in my body. So I think really I tapped into my intuition in order to find something deeper. My intuition was telling me this, this path you're on is only going to take you so far. And it seems like it's taken you as far as it's going to go. So, um, I decided to yeah, do the research. I worked with an energy healer who did, she's, she does different types of healing, Reiki, intuitive healing among other things. And she really opened up my eyes to just the expansiveness of what energy medicine looks like. Um, I had a client who actually introduced me to the, to the actual bioenergetic side of healing, and that's something I'm also certified in as uh, as a bioenergetic practitioner. So my healing plateau has just a, really f- forced me, forced me to look outside of the box at other solutions. Uh, but then again, kind of bringing it back to my brother, I think he really served as my inspiration because once he passed, I felt more than ever strongly connected to my intuition, really wanting to connect with him and his energy and live a life that would make him proud. And part of my discovering that was through bioenergetics.
1: Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I think it's interesting that What may have brought us to an autoimmune diagnosis, alpha females tend to be, you know, A-type overachievers. Also, wait, wait, what? Um, Also serves us and and can serve us quite well in terms of our healing journey. However, um, my support system around me has always been like, you know, you're not broken, you know, you don't need to fix yourself. And I'm like, I know, but I'm optimizing the way that I live so that my body can be in not a state of confusion. And, um, I feel you in terms of the plateau. Cause you, you know, you do all the things and you're like, okay, I've gotten to a point where I'm serving my body really well. I mean, you know, I've got my checklist of all the things I can do, but something still feels off. And, um, it's interesting when you're like, okay, because I, I think I have a, a mix of audience listeners who, because I'm probably 50% woo, 50% science-based, um, Yeah, so it's like, okay, so I've done the autoimmune paleo, uh, protocol. It's working really well for me, but I just like, I have no energy. I have no mojo. So I do the, I do the blood work. I check my supplement levels. I'm deficient. I get my vitamin and minerals back up. Okay, cool. But what else? And then it's random how, um, energy workers can be placed in our life, whether we find them on Instagram or, you know, I had, when I was living in Toronto a few years ago, I had a PR agency reach out to me and they're like, would you like a free Reiki session? I was like, sure. <laughs> (laughs) not um you know you know you get exposed to it and then now i'm seeking out emotional blueprint specialists and trying to figure out how to heal that part of me so it's fascinating that when we hit a plateau we're like it's not about fixing what's broken, but it's like, what have I not touched upon? Because our bodies are so, um, and I don't want to use the word complicated, but it's the first one that popped into my mind, but it's complex. Like there's so many different aspects to how our bodies function that our healing process is just as complex as, um, as what potentially got us to the diagnosis in the first place.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes, definitely. I think each person's healing path journey, whatever you want to call it is going to be so unique to them and their bio-individuality. And it's, I think we just have to listen when we do hit that plateau and you, you feel like you're doing everything right. Look outside the box, right? Even if it is woo, uh, I just interviewed someone on my podcast this week and I told her, I said, it's not woo if it works. And, if it works, it works, right? Do it. Go for it, girl. Like try the energy healing, try chanting, try yoga, try Reiki. Like, and there's no harm that can come in that. And that just like self-discovery. I think that if anything, like, you know, maybe it, maybe it doesn't work for you, but you still discover something about yourself through that process.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So now that you are in business for yourself and you have total control of how you pick your priorities, what does work life harmony look like for you while also supporting your health? Yeah,
0: you know, um, honestly, it's never perfect and it's always a little challenging. <laughs> so, and this is something we agree upon, right? That, that there's no perfect balance. Uh, so, what I do is I try my best and as an entrepreneur and someone who is an alpha female, I love to go, go, go. I am extremely driven and motivated to create and connect. And I'm also like a a constant learner. I love learning and reading. And so there's only so many 24 hours in every day. Right. And we can't fit it all in every single day. Uh, and so what I do is even though I have this part of me that wants to go, go, go. And I love that part of me. I also know that I am sometimes forgetful on when, where is, uh, like my breaking point. And so what I've adapted to and created in in my life is tapping into my intuition and starting to just check in with myself more throughout the day so that I can take a second to stop clicking on my computer or my phone and take a deep breath and ask like, where is my energy level at right now like honestly how do i feel do i actually feel inspired to be creating this or do i think i'm supposed to be doing this and what that has allowed me to do is and i have the the luxury of too being someone who works from home is when i check in with myself and just do a little body scan if i'm feeling depleted of energy or uninspired i take a step back and That step back has been so powerful. And as someone who is extremely naturally in my masculine energy as a business owner and human being, (laughs) I have learned to honor more of the feminine. And, you know, even I'm sure there's some of your listeners are also entrepreneurs. And what I've learned is that like, you don't have to be constantly putting out information and sales posts and just pushing, going, going, going in order for people to find you and for you to attract people into your life. And I have to, I have to keep reminding myself of that, but there's days where I go with my boyfriend and we go up and snowboard in the mountains, or I take a 2 PM salt bath because I can. And when I get out of the bath or off the mountain and at the slopes, like three people have signed up for a program because I'm creating space for them to find me. I'm holding space for people to enter into my life. And so just that constant checking in. I even I've kind of fallen out of the habit, but I used to have um, a I think it's called the Lotus Lotus Bud app, or there's Tibetan bell timers that'll go off just randomly throughout the day. And that was always my like, okay, ding, 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 Sarah, like, are you being mindful right now? Or are you in your crazy, like, like work mode zone? (laughs) Um,
1: So, you know, that's I love that you intuitively knew I was going to ask you what a stepping back look like (laughs) because people come on and they like answer high level. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to get like tips and tactics out of people. So that, yeah. So that someone can be like, Oh, like stepping back and actually going for a walk. Oh, I get it. Like stepping back. And, um, I love that you have Epsom salt baths at 2 PM. I had one on a Sunday at 10 AM and I felt so random because I was like, this is my thing. This is my thing that I go to bed with, but it's true. It's like when you have just that space in your day, um, and you're not running ragged, you also take your brain out of, um, flight and like fight mode, which you can, especially when you're in masculine energy, it just kind of lives there all the time.
0: Right. And then you come back and you're like, okay, like I'm a little bit more refreshed and I can see whatever I was working on with, with new eyes. Salt baths are my life saving tool. I really, I almost take one every single night. And I am a woman who I think partially because I am alpha female and super like love my masculine structure creation, I struggle with a lot of anxiety. And it's something that I it again does not define who I am, but I struggle with it and I have for years and it's gotten so much better. But I still have days where I for you know seemingly no reason experience anxiety and I just have to love myself through the anxiety. I have to love myself with the anxiety and yeah, take the salt baths. You're an essential oil lover. Sometimes that is like the quickest, easiest solution is just take a big huff out of the bottle, inhale through your nose, take a deep breath. That's mindful. And it's amazing how even those, you know, the chemical constituents of essential oil can alter your thoughts and emotions like in a matter of seconds. So that's another. Love to do as well.
1: Every time I teach a class, there's always someone, you know, when I ask somebody what is a pain point that they're currently problem solving for which also happens to be one of my favorite podcast questions. But it's, it's usually like high anxiety, high stress. And I'm like, I got you. Like it's, it's it absolutely ridiculous when it's like, I have an oil for that statement comes out of my mouth and, and I
0: really have an oil for, all but I them. have an oil for that. Yeah.
1: And I, I simp- like my first experience with using oils to, um, just take me out of my thought patterns cuz my it's my thought patterns and and I recognize that I'm telling a story I'm creating a massive problem in my head and just by simply stopping and opening a bottle of oil you know filling the diffuser with water putting frankincense and vetiver in together and than mindfully doing something else. So I will like write thank you cards to my podcast guests or journal, but it's immediately just taking myself out of, um, what I was doing, um, and being mindful towards something productive and something positive.
0: Yeah. And the power of your thoughts and your beliefs. Oh my gosh. It's so powerful. And to, to just be, Cognizant and aware of that allows you to start to shift and rewire your thoughts and brain so that you may start to experience less anxiety.
1: So as you take care of yourself throughout the day, you um, you you know you mentioned that you, and I don't know how close to the AIP protocol you follow now, but how do you nourish yourself now?
0: So I no longer follow the AIP diet. Uh, I've, I've kind of changed. I work with a functional diagnostic nutritionist who I love, and he has helped me shift my diet to one that is very specific to my lab results and you know what my body needs versus doesn't need, uh, and so when I am nourishing myself throughout the day, I am following that very specific individual diet of my own, but looking for always nutrient dense foods. Something I, I learned and didn't know in the beginning when I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease is that the immune system is a nutrient hog, it requires the most micronutrients of any other system in your body. And so it's so important to get those nutrients. And and sometimes there's days where I'm like, I didn't eat enough, or I'm not going to get enough nutrients through these three meals. And so that's where I supplement a little bit. Um, I do my green juice, I do my bone broth, I do my, um, different powders that I'm putting in all my, uh, I make like an avocado mousse. That's my like sweet treat. Cause I actually don't eat sugar either. Uh, because it gives me panic attacks. It's something I learned, uh, through intuitively testing, trying to figure out what is triggering these, these panic attacks. Sugar was one of those things. So I'm looking for nutrient dense foods, but I think nourishment is beyond just, just food. Right. So, um, there, you know, I'm, I'm eating pretty intuitively checking in with my body. Like, what do I crave? What do I desire? What do I know is going to make me feel like crap versus what is going to make me feel good. And then I nourish myself through meditation. And that's another one of those practices when I am stepping back is like, I, I have several different apps on my phone. Plus YouTube is an amazing free resource to just there's millions of meditations there, right? And I I meditate and I close my eyes and sometimes it's it's not super silent in my thoughts and I, that's okay, right? Like sometimes I can get quiet and sometimes I can't and I just honor it. Uh, I also love to take breaks, especially when it's well. Most of the time it's, it's sunny out here in Colorado, but if it's warm enough, I'll take my dog for a walk outside and just like taking that deep breath fresh breath of air can, again, just like an essential oil, be this thing that like completely shifts your mindset so instantly. Um, yeah, so I nourish myself through food, meditation, nature. I, I am someone who I start to go a little crazy if I don't get any time in nature. And it's part of the reason that we moved to Colorado from, I was previously living in Chicago and Detroit, like, you know, in these bustling cities that are super fun, but just weren't aligned with the life I wanted anymore. And so now we live, you know, a 10 minute drive to fresh air and
1: mountains and snowboarding and all these things that really bring me joy. Mm, I love that. And uh, I love that every single one of my guests knows that the nourish question is not just about food. Although I love to, um, see how people actually fuel their bodies. Um, and also all of my guests get so energized from being in nature. I think I would, you know, I would stare blankly at someone if they told me like, no, I don't like going outside. (laughs) I'd be like, like, mom, come again um and yeah i was one of the when i moved from toronto to ottawa i was like i'm going to miss my community i'm going to miss my tribe I, and i kept saying like i'm really excited you know that i can um drive to the gatineau park within like 30 minutes versus like a 2 hour drive to get to a trail to go trail running in toronto And I didn't realize that like how much my body needed that needed to be able to, you know, just go stand in the backyard while my dogs run around and, um, just breathe in air that's not, you know, crazy polluted. So it makes a huge
0: difference. I've had friends come out. So it's, it's funny because we're talking about, you put out the energy, like the energy you put out is what you attract. And I've actually attracted like all my best friends have autoimmune disease, (laughs) but some of them have come to visit me out in Colorado since I'm definitely a Midwest girl at heart. And it's freaking amazing. They come out here and they're like, Oh my God, I feel better. And I'm like, it's the fresh air. (laughs) It's nature. Like we need to earth. We need to ground. And now we're even seeing research and studies on the, the power and the effect that just sticking
1: your toes in the dirt actually has on your body. And how freaking cool is that? Right. I also um, I just posted this on Instagram this morning, which is fascinating. But we talk about what we do to serve ourselves well, and the quote was, "Become more aware of what's really worth your energy." And um, so many people with autoimmune have this kind of uh, the spoon theory, the spoonies theory, and I don't um, I don't understand it because I don't deal with the exhaustion and fatigue that many autoimmune diseases have, but when When I have had days like that, I'm like, "Oh, now I get it. Like when you have one spoon to do one task worth of energy, you go, "Okay, what is really worth my energy?" And for those that don't have any symptoms, um, it's still the same kind of thought process. Like you have, you know, limited free time throughout the day based on where your work priorities are. You know, if you're in a full-time job or even if you're building your own business and it's like, what am I going to spend that on? Am I going to take care of myself, you know, with healthy habits, or am I going to do things that may drain me at the end of the day? Um, So if you have potentially put in a long day, you've got a launch coming up or, you know, you're in your masculine energy and you realize you've been typing at your computer all day, what are some habits other than the Epsom salt bath that you do to reduce any stress that may have built up?
0: Yeah. So nature, salt baths, meditate are like some of my top three that I've already mentioned. But I also love to just, it depends on the actual energy level that day. But if I'm just feeling like stressed, but not completely drained, I'll dance and I'm okay, Robin, I am not a good dancer. But I turn on my music and I close the door because my boyfriend's home during, he sleeps during the day uh, because he works a night shift. But I like, you know, get my privacy and I'll just dance. And it's such, for me, it's just this like expression of letting go of stress. And it's not like I'm doing it for an hour. It doesn't feel like a workout. It's just like this short little solo dance party, usually to Miley Cyrus or something silly. (laughs) Uh, And it just helps me like get like, we take ourselves so freaking seriously. Like sometimes I take life way too seriously. And I just have to remind myself to tap into my inner child and dance and play and sing. And again, I'm, I'm not a good singer either. But I do it. And Sometimes it's playful like Miley Cyrus. Other times I listen to um, more Sanskrit-type chanting music that is also super powerful to stimulate your vagus nerve and turn off that fight or flight that we talked about earlier. Uh, So I I try to tap into my inner child. If I am low energy and dancing just does not sound like something I want to do at that moment, uh, I also love emotional freedom technique, which is... Okay. Yeah. And that's a really powerful practice that can help you just, I love when people emphasize that it's okay to have the negative thoughts. It's okay to feel stressed. It's okay to feel angry and frustrated and pissed off. And as an alpha female type A personality, when I was younger, I thought it was not okay. I was not allowed to be sad or Mad, and I had to like keep the peace all the time, and that's totally out the window in my life. Now I realize how powerful it is to actually express your true emotions and how potentially harmful it is to not and to hold all of that crap inside for so long. So, tapping is a practice that allows you to get again, my theme of this is real and raw and authentic. Like, I like to be real with my emotions and not be so hard on myself for feeling stressed or feeling frustrated about something, no matter big or little, uh, and use the tapping practice to bring that in, feel it in my body, where does it manifest in my body, and then start to let it go. Because there's a difference between feeling the emotion and then harboring it, storing it somewhere in your body versus feeling it, honoring it, saying, okay, yeah, you're real. You're here. I feel you. Now it's time for you to go because I am g- going to keep being my alpha female self and g- getting shit done. Right. So I, I love that tapping practice to, to honor the whole rainbow, whole rainbow of emotions. And I often include my essential oils in that practice as just a way to kind of up level and and take it to
1: a a higher intensity as well. Mm -hmm. I subconsciously started believing because my parents were really good at comforting me when I would start feeling sadness or anger. Um, and so I subconsciously believed that I needed to stop it as fast as possible because, uh, Yeah. And so, you know, I developed over the years, like I'm too strong to cry. Like there's no need to cry. Like I'm stronger than this. I can get through this. I don't need to show that emotion. Um, and when I did tapping for the first time, I was like, okay, this is a negative thought. It's not serving me, but I believe it to be true. And when you tap and you say that negative thought over and over and over again, you hit that point where you're like, oh, this isn't true. Oh, I get it it's not serving me, it's not true, I can get rid of it now, I can shift to the positive thought that I wanted to think at the beginning, but sometimes it's that when people talk about mindset shifting and having a different perspective, it's really hard to flip a switch. And tapping is like the long switch that, um, this yes. yeah. is how I shift thoughts when I'm just like, okay, I should be, I should be okay. This isn't true, but I'm, I keep thinking it over and over again. Um, so I love that. And yeah. it's one that of those potential. ones where have you ever done it in public?
0: I am completely guilty of being at a restaurant, going into the women's room, shutting the door and tapping, sitting on the toilet.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I'm the same because I, I was even in my home office and I was tapping and my fiance walked in and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, can you close the door please? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, seriously, what are you doing? I was like, Mm, tapping. Mm, It's going to take me too long to explain this. Just close the door.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you about it later. Maybe
1: (laughs) this is funny because I think that's why I use the term woo. We were having this conversation and he's like, so you're woo friends. And I'm like, excuse me. He's like, well, that's the term you use. So I'm using it. I'm like, true. I overuse it, I think. And it's just like, it's an easy bucket to put all the things that, um, sometimes have no scientific or they do have scientific basis, but you have to search really far down and then explain it to people so it's just the easy terminology that we're using these days, um, but it does it put things it puts things in a bucket that are kind of like oh yeah um, that's a little that's a little hippie I guess it's like what hippie used to be several years ago
0: yeah i Totally resonate with that and used to use woo and describe myself as woo woo and some of the things that I was teaching. And then I. I have consciously stopped. I really try not to anymore because I was like, okay, what message am I putting out into the world? Like, do people, are going to, people want to, people going to want to hire me and work with me if I'm calling something that I put out there, woo. And you're right. There's like not really a better word for it right now because there's definitely like alternative, but again, just because it's alternative or not what you hear at your doctor's office and not mainstream doesn't mean it doesn't work. And for me, those what would fit into the umbrella of woo have been the most powerful things for me in my healing, and so keep trying. I keep trying to to shift the language into just speak about whatever the tool is, like in just real practical terms versus the woo bucket, because although I love the woo, (laughs) I, um, I want more people to start to open up, you know, their, their minds to it and and the possibilities
1: that it could create for them. So I hereby pronounce, I will not use the word woo after this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I've said it out loud. I'm an upholder. So, um, or an obliger. So now the fact that I have like I've said it out loud. The entire podcast audience can now keep me accountable. So once this podcast episode airs, and if I ever say it again on Instagram stories, you can call me out. On.
0: Call you out. No more woo. <laughs> um,
1: what piece of advice would you tell your 20 year old emerging alpha female self?
0: Oh my goodness. So much. Honestly, I wish I could go just do a workshop for 20 year olds. there. <laughs> But I think the theme of that workshop would be that she is enough. She is pretty enough. She is smart enough. She is capable enough. She is allowed to break the rules. Oh my God. I was such a, what is that? The upholder or obliger that that sticks to all
1: the rules. I think it's obliger. Like you have to please everybody around you. Yeah.
0: It still freaks me out to break the rules a little bit. (laughs) I would tell her that she's allowed to break the rules and do things in her own way. And in different, I'm all about freaking unicorns. I'm like, I want to embody a unicorn because I want people to see that it is okay to be weird and different and unique. And you are still lovable. You are still smart. (laughs) Uh, and I think that's the message that, or lesson that my brother also taught me because he totally just embraced his weirdness and embraced his, 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 he, him, who he was as Jordan in his entire spirit and body and the way that he spoke and, and danced. Like, that's part of why I love to dance too, is because he was just free when he was dancing. And I saw that in him and I was like, Oh my gosh, that is so not me. I would never just dance and like look so silly, but he did it all the time. And I really, now that he's gone, I look back and I'm like, that was so special. And it was so beautiful to see someone in their authenticity, not giving an F about what other people think. And 20 year old Sarah worried way too much about what other people thought. So I, so, oh, give her a little breakdown workshop on all the things that she is good, good at, and enough and capable of, uh, which has emerged for me. You know, now that I'm I'm 30 years old now, so that's 10 years ago, and uh, a lot has changed and shifted. But I, I definitely think that I could have used a pep talk at 20.
1: <laughs> I love that, and I do love that you you dance, my um. One of my past guests, uh, just recently, Katie Wilkin, describes herself as a feminine energy activator, and I told her that, like, as I've been on an emotional blueprint uh, healing journey. One of the things that my reflexologist said when she touched my feet, she's like, Your warrior woman side is really, really strong, but you have no feminine energy. I was like, Really? Well, let me tell you about my brand, Delphi Female. And <laughs> um, she's like, Do you even know what feminine energy looks like? And I'm like, Nope. All I'm picturing is flowy dresses in a field. <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah. Flowers. <laughs> And I was telling Katie about this, and, and she shared on the podcast that, like, one of the ways that she activates her feminine energy is she just like dances before she gets on uh, Facebook Live or dances before she gets on a team call. She's also with doTERRA. And, um, there there's a beautiful high level leader, Brianne Hovey, that has um this meditation. Um, I think it's called Yes Your Rank, and she gets you to dance for three minutes before you sit in meditation, and I could feel the cells in my body just like buzzing. I'm like, oh gosh, there is something to this dance thing. Um and I sh- I should ask Mike, my fiance, I was on a team call and we all decided to dance to Bieber before getting serious. And he snuck into my home office and filmed it. Oh my god! So I, I need to ask him for that because that's when, yeah. Like, there's so many times when you like when you know no one's watching, you are your complete authentic self. Gosh, you need to watch that video and just see
0: like how beautiful you are and like how what you look like when you think no one's watching. <laughs> He's stuck in there, but yeah, what you what you you know how you express yourself, and I think that. I did a five days of dancing, like little Instagram story challenge where I just went and I like did my silly dance for five days straight. And part of it was for me and to to like hold myself accountable. But part of it was just to inspire other people to see like, look, you can do this, close the door and you're going to slowly get more comfortable. But just start, just start, start now, start today, start with your body shaking, start with your voice trembling, but start, start and don't stop.
1: So what's, um, what's a pain point that you're currently problem solving for around being an alpha female?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is the anxiety that I mentioned before. It's definitely a challenge in my life. Uh, and so that's the pain point, but what I'm trying to do is really remember to slow down. Uh, I get super freaking passionate about what I do because I know I'm on my path and I feel like I finally found this thing that lights me up inside. And so while there is joy and happiness in my work and sitting at my computer, I actually find that to be very fun. Some days I do have to remind myself to stop and, I think that also as I've grown my brand and stepped into, into my confidence, I've had to kind of break through these barriers of, I used to try and get small around people and I would get small. I would cower down back away because I didn't want to outshine anyone. And I was afraid there was so much fear fear. I think fear is definitely another one of those pain points. And I would, I would cower back. I would, I would worry about what people were thinking because I know I'm powerful. I know I have light and then I would try to hide it. And now I just feel like I I'm like, okay, be yourself, Sarah, go out freaking sparkle and let other people think what they want to think. And so I, I learned th- through actually this whole business creation, oh my gosh, starting your own business is like the most intense self-development journey. (laughs) But I learned to just never let what other people think dictate my future and to just be me, be authentic, be real, be my unicorn sparkly self.
1: (laughs) I love that. So to add on to it, because the end... Question, and I feel like you're already getting there, so let's just like throw it into one.
0: There, let's do it.
1: (laughs) What is your definition of happiness? Like, how would you wrap that up?
0: Well, I wrote you one thing in an email. I think maybe I'll change it a little bit. I wrote you happiness is waking up every day and feeling excited and energized about the unlimited possibilities that lie ahead of you. I also think happiness is feeling secure confident, grounded enough to be yourself. And when you can be yourself and you stop putting up all these facades and overthinking what other people think or how they interpret what you've said, you can, you can be happier because you can just
1: give less F's. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a perfect way to wrap it up. Thank you so much for how you show up in this world, how you are healing the world, and taking time for us today. Thank you so much, Robin. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Tribe. There's one more thing I want to tell you about today. I just launched my brand new one on one business coaching program. It's for women who are current or aspiring health and wellness coaches who want to stand the F out in this ginormous wellness world, and it's called the Unicorn Healer Intensive. I want to help you take the knowledge that you've gleaned from your personal healing journey and not only share it with the world, but also monetize it online. In the past year and a half of running my online business, Autoimmune Tribe, I've not only grown my audience to a combined following of more than 16,000 people, but I've created my dream life, one where I can work from anywhere, be my own boss, and empower others to go from it's hard to be human to soul on a mission. If you've been dying to start your own business, or maybe you have an Instagram account and you're sharing pictures of your recipes, but getting crickets on your posts, then I want to help you. You deserve a life of abundance, and I know you have a light to share with this world. So click the link in the show notes to schedule your one-hour consultation and learn more about this four-month intensive. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.